Get a job. Work hard. And one day you can retire and do the things you want. That's the typical formula for daily life in the modern world. And it works for lots of people. This kind of life is perfect. But it's not for us. And I'm guessing that it's not for you either. I'm David Allen Patali. And I'm Carmen Allen Patali. And together we run the content company Red Platypus. I'm also a published fiction author. And we have two young daughters who keep us on our toes. We've both said no to well paid jobs in favour of pursuing our creative paths. And we want to walk them with you. Freelancer, digital nomad, artist, creative, self employed. Whatever you want to call it, if you work for yourself and want to keep it that way, or want to be free from the nine to five and don't know where to start, we want to help. We're going on a journey to speak to committed creatives, people who are all in, who have made highly successful businesses out of their creativity, and ask them how they do it while retaining the magic. Because while we think inspiration is good, we've come to learn that process is vital. Welcome to the Committed Creative Podcast, your toolkit for the creative life you want. Here's to going all in and becoming a committed creative. Wow. So this is the 44th episode of the Committed Creative Podcast, and I thought I would do something a little bit different because today I will be wrapping up season three and breaking for four weeks over Christmas, coming back to you guys on the 16th, I believe it is, of January. So today I thought I wouldn't interview anyone, but I would just share some thoughts myself over or about what this year has been like for me, because it's been a wild ride. (laughs) As many of you know, David got a job, his dream job actually, with Mindaroo, which is Andrew Forrest's um, charity foundation. And for those of you outside of Australia, Andrew Forrest is Australia's richest man. He owns Fortescue Mines and he's also an amazing philanthropist. And his charity organisation, Mindaroo, does amazing things. And David is the communications lead for the arts branch of the charity, which uh, supports people working in the arts within Western Australia. So it's totally up his street. <laughs> he, as everyone knows, he loves the arts. He's a published novelist and yeah, he just comes back home from work every day buzzing from the amazing things he gets to do because unlike other charities that often struggle to raise funds, obviously Andrew Forrest has a lot of money Uh, So it's quite empowering to be able to support amazing arts projects and have what feels like an endless supply of money. So I'm so happy he's found his dream career. It's pretty awesome. But obviously that means he left Red Platypus. And so the last four months, I think it's been, not even, it's only been about two and a half, three months, I have been doing it on my own and I'm going to be totally honest with you, it has been a freaking (laughs) wild ride because obviously it's increased my workload and at the same time um, I have never been so busy in the sense that I've won a lot more work and in fact 
since the beginning of this financial year, which began in July, um, the first four months of this financial year, I made in four months what I made in the entirety of last financial year. So that just shows you how busy I have been. Somehow I wonder, (laughs) some days I wonder how I still actually keep it all together uh, and not fall apart at the seams because there have been moments, I must admit, where it has been very, very challenging (laughs) these last few months, Uh, especially the last couple of weeks. Our daughter's been in hospital with scarlet fever. We bought a house. We bought our dream home, which has been very exciting, but the settlement process was uh, quite stressful because the buyers cancelled our contract, then reissued it, and it was a bit of a drama, but we got there in the end. It's almost like I'm I'm in a therapy session right now. But I digress because this is not what I came on the podcast to talk to you about today. Today, I wanted to talk to you about how I've managed to grow the business so well over the past four months and some of the strategies I've used. And to be fair, though the business has boomed over the past four months, I started implementing these strategies at the beginning of 2022. And... Although we've been running, or I should say I've been running Red Platypus, it's just me now, uh, for nearly a decade, it'll be a decade next year, I've only really taken it truly seriously probably since we had Bronte and she's now two and a half because up until then, as you all know, well, maybe you don't if this is the first time listening to to the Committee Creative, David and I were were travellers. We travelled around the world and... Uh, over the past decade and basically we just used red platypus to supplement our travel income and we weren't really super focused on growing the business it was more just uh, turning it over so that we had enough money to do the things we wanted to do in terms of travel but since having our second daughter we've realized we're going to be stuck in Perth for a while as our oldest attends full-time school and We've embraced it and that's when I've really decided to knuckle down and grow the business and mould it into what I want it to become. So I've started taking it quite seriously and the past probably 18 months implemented some strategies that really seem to have worked and it's been a slog but I can realise now that the last four months it has really started to pay off and I feel like hopefully the only way is up from here, although I'm sure I'm going to have a lot more failures along the way because hey, that's business and that's what happens. So let's dive in. How have I managed to grow my business over the past four months? Well, firstly, I've started to realise that social media and I've realised this probably months ago now, but it's social media is an intimidating beast because you think that you want to keep up with the Kardashians all the time. You want to be on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, all of the things. And honestly, it's a freaking time sap. And if you're not diligent or have a strategy about what you want to achieve on your socials, it really can be just a freaking waste of time. And I've dabbled in Instagram, I was, you know, posting or working with my VA to get posts out every day, Um, same on Facebook, and I've come to realise that actually what 
is giving me results is LinkedIn. And it seems freaking obvious now that I look back on it because my market is B2B. They're not on Instagram. They're not really on Facebook. Where they live and where I'm targeting at the moment is corporates. So um, small to medium-sized corporate businesses, they're on LinkedIn. They're not on Instagram. So if you are using social media make sure you think about where your audience is sitting because if they're not on the platform that you're using, then you may as well just forget about it. You're wasting your time. For example, Instagram is brilliant for B2C, so business to consumer. So if you're a business targeting consumers, then you want to be on Instagram, especially if your business lends itself self to visual content like you're a photographer or you're a product-based business where you can showcase your products beautifully. But if you're like me, a B2B providing a service, then honestly, you need to be on LinkedIn. That is where the gold mine is. That's where you're going to get your leads. And you'll quickly see what social media is best for you because you'll get DMs. So you'll get people messaging you on LinkedIn if it's working, or you'll get people messaging you on Instagram if that's the right channel. So give it some time, but really think about the strategy behind what you're doing on social media. And if you're not seeing results, try something else. Don't just keep mindlessly posting every day on Instagram because you think you need to be on Instagram. Don't think about what everyone else is doing. Think about what actually is working for your business so that you can leverage that and start to see more results. And if it's not working, please change it. Don't waste months posting on Instagram, hoping for the best and hardly getting any leads from it. (laughs) Speaking from experience. (laughs) Anyway... Another thing that I realized has helped my business and helped the clients, mainly helped the clients that I've worked with this year, it's been great to see results, is by getting them in the traditional media. I feel like these days we're so, so focused on social media. And sure, if you're a business to consumer, yes, that can be great for your business. But really don't underestimate the power of the traditional media. They still have a massive sway with the public. Uh, And if you get your story out in the traditional media, it can give you a lot of authenticity. It can show the world that you're great at what you do and get onto a lot of screens of a lot more people than perhaps social media would. So how do you pitch to the traditional media? As some of you might know, I used to be a journalist, so I think that's why clients like working with me because they know that I understand pitching from both ends, from the PR perspective and also the journalist perspective. And I know that as a former journalist, journalists want to receive stories that are actually newsworthy. So you want to make sure your story is topical for the moment. So for example, the ABC has been talking a lot about inclusivity, diversity, equality. So pitch something related to that. And you also need to think of the organisation you're pitching to and make sure that your pitch is relevant to that organisation. For example, the Daily Mail likes shock stories, amazing real-life stories, stories that show drastic results, that kind of thing, whereas, like, the Australian is probably more um, highbrow, uh, 
they're, they're not going to you know, feature the kind of content that the Daily Mail would. So think about your story and where best it lends itself to and the audience of, of who, as in terms of who reads that publication, so that you're pitching to the right outlet with the right pitch that will match what it is they're looking for. And then you want to create a media release that's interesting, it's not full of jargon, well, useless words. You want to tell the main points of the story in the first two to three paragraphs and the headline needs to be super catchy so that journalist is going to open your email. And send it out attached to an email that explains exactly why you think the story in the media release that you've attached is perfect for that news outlet and even go further why it's perfect for that journalist. So if it's a business story, target the business journalist and say, you know, basically that they're going to get a scoop if they work with you and this is why and how, you know, it's going to make them look good as a journalist essentially because at the end of the day, we all want to look good in the workplace, don't we? So try and tap into that. And then you want to be on standby and ready for the interview. You want to prep yourself and practice if you get that interview date so that you're ready to go. Write down some questions you think the journalist might ask and then practice it with your partner or your friend or whatever it might be and just, you know, polish your words up a little bit. If you don't hear a response from sending out that media release, you want to chase that journo. Give them a call because, honestly, journalists get like, you know, a hundred media releases a day in the inbox, yours needs to stand out. And sometimes they might just click past it, but by giving them a call, we'll make them open it and read it. So don't just be one of the hundred, be the one of the hundred that stands out. For me personally, helping my clients get into the media this year has been really beneficial because, for example, I did a media release where I had a number of different experts contribute to that media release. I reached out to them for comment. I drafted the media release. Even though my client was just one of those experts inside that media release, when I got it into the media and the ABC did the interview, they asked to interview a couple of the experts from the media release. And this in turn led me to more business because the other experts really appreciated that I'd got them into the media for free Uh, and then they've asked me more about my services and you know we're potentially going to collaborate in the future. So that's actually been really beneficial for me and I've realised actually that (laughs) I never really thought I liked PR in the past. I don't know because maybe PR has got a bit of a dirty word but Getting my clients' results in the media this year has really just given me a real buzz and joy and, you know, I feel like I'm helping them to get their message out and it's something I really am looking forward to doing more in 2023. So anyway, that's just a little personal side note, but I thought it was interesting to note. Another thing that has really grown my business this year is face-to-face networking. You just cannot underestimate the power of meeting up with other business owners, other people in your industry face-to-face and the networks that you build. It's so much more valuable in person, I feel, than it can ever be online. I mean, that's just my opinion, but I really just feel those relationships that you build face-to-face can't be beaten. And to be honest, probably most of my growth this year has been related in some way to networking from like people referring businesses to me because of 
either my track record or the fact that I've worked with them personally and then they've uh, recommended me to other businesses in their networks, um, me going to events and, you know, selling what I do and then clients getting in touch with me and reaching out. Like, for example, I was invited to a Christmas party of a client uh, about 10 days ago and the host took me around the party and introduced me to all their collaboration partners and was telling them about how great it's been working with me in terms of helping me get them into the media and it was amazing. It was almost like a walking testimonial billboard uh, by my side shouting my praises and then obviously these other partners are like, oh oh, you did that? Oh, great. Can I have your card? Can we? Can you do something similar for us? You know, it just, that kind of networking, I mean, you can meet 10 people in the space of an hour that, and form like engaging relationships with them. If you were to do that online, that would take, I feel like it would take a lot longer to get to that level of trust that you would in like a five minute conversation face to face. And it can be scary getting out there and networking but I cannot emphasize how good it is and how beneficial it can be for your business at the end of the day if you're running your own business probably 80% of what you do is selling yourself and 20% is the actual work if you're not constantly going out there and trying to get leads and grow your business it's just gonna it's just gonna nosedive and sure a lot of that business can be from the work that you do because it leads to further referrals, but there's only so far you can go with that. You need to be proactive in marketing yourself pretty much all the time so that your business can continue to grow and not just stagnate. So that's the third thing that I did this past year that's really helped my business to boom. And I think the fourth and final thing I want to discuss is like really know what it is that you offer and how it benefits your ideal customer. Because this past year, I've come to realize that I'm not just a copywriter. My skills go a lot deeper than that. Like I'm also a connector. I love linking people to other businesses that I know will help them. You know, I feel like I'm a great at relationship building and helping my clients connect, like not just with the media outlets they want to be seen in, but also with other businesses that they can collaborate with and grow them, like help their businesses to grow. I feel like I'm an amazing communicator. Like I'm I'm really good at helping people distill the marketing message that they want to share with the world and get it out there in a way that really is effective and has a strong voice and gets people, you know, perking up their ears and saying, oh, what was that? I want to hear more. And this all comes down to what I've realized this year is that I'm actually brilliant at strategy, building strategy. I've had quite a number of clients, you know, work with me this year and after the process gone, wow, that was like a lot deeper than I thought we would go for in terms of just writing the content for my website. That whole strategy, it's made me reflect on what it is my business does and and what I'm selling and how to sell it and how best to connect with my customers. And it, it, it's gone a lot deeper than simply the words on the page. And that for me just feels really great because I don't want to just simply be the words on the page. I do want to go deeper and, you know, talk about the strategy behind it, why we're doing this and how it's going to help. And when I leave the client, it, like, for example, if this is just a one-off project where I'm, I've written the content for their website, it's le- left them thinking, okay, 
this is how I'm communicating and how can I make it consistent in all my comms moving forward. And the fact that I've enabled them to reflect on their message and how they say it really, you know, makes me smile and I get a lot of joy out of that. So it's really important to understand what you're good at in your business. And you might just offer one, what you think might be one skill, which I believed was just copywriting, but actually does it go deeper than that? Do you do more than just that one thing? And what kind of benefits do you provide? Like sit down and write out that whole list so that when you're talking about what it is you do, you can really sell yourself. And the benefit of this is if you understand truly the value you're providing, you can charge more because you can articulate it to prospective clients in a more coherent way. And with this clarity, they're going to realize the true value of what you're giving them, which means you can charge more for the service because you're providing a larger benefit. So the clearer you are in what it is you offer and the, the benefits as a whole of what you're giving, the better outcome you will receive. And that's one thing that I've really learned this year uh, that's helped me grow because if someone just wants a copywriter, they can engage with someone off Fiverr, you know, and get words on a page. But what I'm providing goes a lot deeper and therefore working with me costs more because they get a lot more benefit out of it. And, you know, I leave them with a long-term strategy. It's not an overnight quick fix or, you know, a page of copy. It's a whole strategy and a plan behind those written words. So understand what you're good at and demonstrate the whole process of what it's like to work with you so that your customer can truly understand the benefits that you're giving. And with that, I think I might leave it. It's a shorter episode uh, today, but I thought I would wrap up the year on a high and just reflect on some of my achievements this year. I hope that your year has been... Uh, just as fruitful as mine and I hope that you know you have a restful Christmas period and maybe have a chance to reflect on what a year it's been and appreciate your achievements and think about what you want out of 2023 so that you can burst into the new year with a strategy (laughs) and some goals in mind and Um, I love Christmas because I feel like it's a time to practice gratitude and be with your family and appreciative for all, you know, the love and joy in your life. And I know that's what I'll be doing this Christmas in my new dream home with David and our two girls. I feel so appreciative that we've managed to buy this house. Uh, It's felt like it's been a long time coming and I'm just so, so grateful Oh, I'm getting a bit teary. Uh, I can't wait to have a cocktail by the pool and just um, lap up all that's around me. And I feel truly grateful that I'm able to be in this position. Emotional wrap up. (laughs) Uh, If you stayed with me to the end, thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you or coming to your ears in the new year. Um, I'm probably going to have a new intro in the new year that's going to just feature me because as we know moving forward, David will no longer be uh, on the Committed Creator podcast, which is a bit sad. Um, But that's the way the cookie crumbles, I suppose. But 
onwards and upwards and I'm excited about this new beginning. So thanks for sticking with me. Merry Christmas and I'll see you in 2023. Thank you for listening to the Committed Creative Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and learned at least one thing that will help you stay on the creative path. If you liked it, please subscribe as there's plenty more to come. And we'd love it if you could leave us a review if you found the podcast worthwhile. And if you didn't, please send us your feedback. We're all ears. You can check us out online at redplatypuscreative.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at redplatypuscreative. Remember, you are not alone in your creativity and you can make money from your creative pursuits. See you next time when we speak to another creative mind that's committed to making their way work. Here's to going all in and becoming a committed creative.